What's up guys, Raptors community here. Gonna be going over game two, Raptors Celtics, talking about some adjustments that I think Nick Nurse is gonna make going into game three. That should help tilt in the Raptors' favor to take this must-win game. First of all, everyone who's overreacting, you gotta calm down. Going down 2-0 is not the end of the world. This has happened to many teams before. If they go down 3-0, then you can be concerned, but 2-0 is not a huge deal. Not the end of the world. The Raptors just have to adjust, adapt, and come back in Game 3, and they have to win that game. I'm going to discuss how they can do that from evidence from the regular season and the two games in the playoffs and how the Raptors can adjust. The big thing for me is the rebounding. The Raptors have been out-rebounded in five of the six games that they've seen each other. That's why the Celtics are 5-1 and one against the Raptors. In the one game the Raptors out-rebounded them, they won the game. Something where we saw Nick Nurse play big a lot. And I think that's something that with Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka, the Raptors have the ability to do. Play Siakam at the three. And then down the line, you've got a big lineup. And that's something that the Raptors could leverage to tilt the rebounding game in their favor. They haven't won the rebounds yet in these two playoff games. In game one, they were minus 10 on rebounding, which part of that was a function of their bad shooting. But if you're getting these offensive rebounds, knowing that your team may or may not shoot efficiently from three, which the Raptors haven't done so far, then having guys crash in the glass will give you the ability to get more open looks and get more opportunities. So I think the Raptors should look to try and crash the glass and dominate the rebounding game. They did this in the past, obviously playing Kawhi Leonard at the three, which is what they would do last year when they went big against Philadelphia, was helpful because he was a rebounding machine too. We gotta see Siakam or that guy playing the three also crash the glass and and look to get offensive rebounds and get easy shots. This is not this is easier said than done. But this is something that the Raptors could adjust to help them in Game 3. And I think this is the big thing for me that can help them. The reason why is because it's hard to control your shooting. And that's the other thing that I've seen the Raptors struggle with. They shot, I'm pretty sure they're shooting 21 of 80 in these two playoff games. That is terrible. <laughs> that's just not good. They're shooting like around 25% from three in these two games. The Raptors improved that by one three last game, but you don't know if that's a guarantee that the Raptors are going to get that again. There's no guarantee that they won't shoot like that again. There's no guarantee that they're going to shoot better. <clears throat> They've shown this inconsistency from three, and part of that are guys down the line not shooting good. Should Matt Thomas get some minutes? I think that's something that Nick Nurse should consider. He brings a shooting spark off the bench, and he's shown the ability to be a J.J. Redick light sort of figure in the NBA, running off screens, getting guys tired on defense. And that's something that the Raptors need to look to do is to tire out some of the um, guards on defense, someone like Kemba Walker or Marcus Smart, because that's something that could help them when they're on offense because maybe they're not shooting as well because they're putting all this effort out on defense. And then another thing is Jason Tatum can't be putting up 30-plus. 
we know that the Celtics have a talented front line. They have three really good guys in Kemba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart's in and out, and Daniel Tice is just solid. But down the line on the bench, they're not that good. The Raptors have the bench advantage. They have the upfront talent when Siakam's at his best to compete. Obviously, I'll, I'll discuss Siakam next a little bit, but the Raptors have to be able to slow down Tatum. And you can't be putting up 34. You got to keep him in the 20s or less because that will give the Raptors a huge advantage when you don't make Jason Tatum the best player in the series. And Kemba Walker is going to be Kemba Walker. He's hard to stop. He's on and off. Um, but when he's on, he's really on. When he's off, he's really off. But he sh- he came through in the clutch. The Raptors can't have the game that close because, realistically, Boston has a better clo- closing lineup. I want to see the Raptors win the game by a significant margin, which I think can be done if... Like I said, they improve their rebounding, they hold Jason Tatum, and maybe even improve your three-point shooting a little bit. Give us something more than 11 of 40 or 10 of 40. Shooting under 30% from three, you're not going to win very many games. And this was still a three-point game, considering that. And even then, Boston shot 40, sorry, no, 39.5% from three. They hit 15 of 38. And that's a 12-point differential when you consider that they hit four more threes. So... They had the 12-point swing in three-pointers, and they won the three-point game. And the Raptors this year have been, I'm pretty sure they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA by percentage and by attempts. So they have to continue to shoot because that's what they do. Guys just have to hit their shots. Uh, The free throws, I don't even want to talk about Jason Tatum shooting 14 free throws and the Raptors shooting zero in the first half. I think the refs actually made up for it when the Raptors shot 19 in the second half. But in that first half... That was ridiculous, shooting zero free throws. But once again, they made up for it. The Raptors got to hit their free throws too. They shot 84%, which is good, but continue to do it. And I, I really think that the rebounding thing is the big thing for me. And I would like to see them run a Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell, Kyle Lowry line for a bit, something like that, where you got some good size on the perimeter too, and then you can have. Lowry front, whoever their guard is, either Wanamaker or Kemba Walker or Marcus Smart. And then you have size around the rest. I think just defensively that matchup is going to be an issue. If you have a Bach on Tatum or and Marcus all on Tice, that's going to be a tough pick and roll defense to cover. But you know what? I think you can give it up on defense for the offensive opportunities you're going to get. And the fact that they're going to be one and done on offense with your ability to quickly grab rebounds. That's something that frustrated me this game. Um, And yeah, I think everyone's got to stop overreacting too. Everyone seems so worried about the Raptors. Now they're down 2-0, I'm hearing, oh, they're going to get swept. Oh, they're going to do this. It's only 2-0. All right, everyone just calm down. Don't worry about it. The Raptors are going to make adjustments. They have the coach of the year, Nick Nurse. I'm confident in him to have the ability to make adjustments to win this game. Maybe get some more depth in there. Norman Powell has been struggling. Serge Ibaka has been really good off the bench. But other than that, the Raptors bench hasn't been contributing from Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher. The Raptors haven't been playing 
nine deep. They've really been playing seven with two guys out there doing very little. So I think that the Raptors have to find some help off the bench. Norman Powell's that's his responsibility. He only played 13 minutes. There's a reason why he didn't play good. Uh, Norm, I want to see playoff Norm. Okay, you got to get out there. Um, not, I don't mean to call him out, but also Siakam too. Siakam's got to play better. We all know that. 6 of 16 from the fields in this game. 1 of 4 from 3. If instead he shoots 8 of 16, the Raptors win this game. So he needs to be better. I think even Van Vliet and Lowry too. Lowry was 5 of 16. Van Vliet was 8 of 22. None of these guys are even shooting 50%. Our three best players, none of them shot 50%. You're not going to win very many games like that. Obviously, this was a defensive matchup, but Tatum ate this game. He went off. There was no one who could really defend him. From OG Siakam, whoever was on him, <clears throat> the Lowry seemed to be the guy who guarded him best, actually. So I would like to see more Kyle Lowry guarding him. I think a smaller guy kind of gets in his way, especially when you're dribbling a lot. A smaller guy can get <clears throat> sorry in your face a little bit more than a bigger guy can. Or Siakam, too, with that length and that ability to stop him on the drive, stop him from penetrating into the paint. As long as he doesn't reach, I think he would be a good primary defender on Tatum as well. Obviously, we saw sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, sometimes you can't stop good offense, which is something that Tatum seems to have grown into this season. So I'm looking forward to see if the Raptors can continue to adjust. Um, now I'm going to talk about a few positives that I saw of this game because we've all been talking negative. Time to talk about a few good things I saw. 25 assists. Raptors were plus 6 in assists, still passing the ball, trusting their teammates. That's something they got to continue to do. Move the ball around. You're playing an offense designed by committee as opposed to designed by a focal point offense with a superstar. So you got to have more assists than Boston. That's the only way you're going to win is defense by committee, less isos. More movement. Uh, Marcus all helps with that, which is why I think even though people don't like what he's been doing on offense, I think you have to have him out there for that that ball movement, that ability to pass to people off screens, and just that dynamic that it adds offensively is so underrated and undervalued. Uh, I think some other good takeaways, I guess, is their... Fast break points came back from last season, from last game. In the first game, they had four fast break points. I'm pretty sure now they had 16 in this game. So the Raptors' half-court offense is not what they're dependent on. They're dependent on <clears throat> running out and getting fast break points, points off turnovers, points in the paint as well. The Raptors were plus 20 on points in the paint, not super dependent on their perimeter shooting in this game. A lot of this was Serge Ibaka getting points in the paint, Siakam driving to the paint, Lowry was even getting aggressive and going into the paint since his three-pointer wasn't falling. So that's something you got to continue to do is dominate the paint, something the Raptors will do against this Boston team, something that if their three-point shots are falling as well and they're dominating the paint, it's game over. So there's still a lot of improvement to be made on these games, and the Raptors are pissed, which is a good thing. I think that they're going to come out in game three and I think they're going to play better than we've seen them play in these two games, which is good that the Raptors didn't play their best that they could and lose. The Raptors played pretty bad in both games, and they still had an opportunity at the end of game two. Maybe part of that is a function of Boston's great defense, but I think more of it is the Raptors not hitting good looks. A lot of it, when I was watching the game, felt like, oh, that's a good look, that should fall down. 
that's good luck. That should fall down. And it was like Fred Van Vliet missing. It was Lowry missing. It was our guys, Siakam missing too. It wasn't OG or those boys because OG actually hit his shots, played really well, felt confident with his shot. But that's not the guy you want shooting the most efficient is OG and Serge Ibaka. You want efficiency out of your stars, out of Siakam, a guy who shoots a lot in the paint, um, guys like that. So we'll see if the Raptors can adjust. I think Nick Nurse and the Raptors will. I believe in this team. Um, I don't think this is a sweep. I predicted Raptors in seven. We'll see if they can end up accomplishing that. But let's take it one game at a time. Let's go with Raptors. Got to win game three. Let's play it out. See what happens. See if the Raptors can adjust and do some of the things that I think they could do. That might really help them moving forward. Just looking at the box score and seeing with my eyes what I saw the Raptors do good and what I saw them do bad. There's still a lot of improvement to be made. And I was shocked by the three-point shooting numbers. So we'll see what they can do in Game 3. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. If you don't already, which I'm guessing you do, but follow my Raptors account at Raptors underscore community um, and subscribe to the podcast for more upcoming episodes. I was going to record something about the Miami-Milwaukee series, so I might just chat about that uh, now. Uh, My prediction was actually... and. This is my actual prediction. I'm not lying. I was predicting Miami in seven. And the reason why was I thought they had the best closer in Jimmy Butler. And that was basically it. I thought they had the right pieces around them. And defensively, I thought that Bam Adebayo would be a good matchup on Giannis. And that proved true in game one. We'll see what happens in game two. I expect to see the Milwaukee Bucks adjust and adapt. And then another thing that I think is important is this no home court. right? And this applies to the Raptors series as well. Is not having a home court advantage really uh, decreases the gap between teams that we would normally see between like a 2-3 and between a 1-4, something where the Raptors would have four games at home and you'd have to win one of those games in Toronto versus now being at a a normal um, general spot, right? And Disney World really changes the dynamic and gives teams like Miami and Boston more of an opportunity to beat Toronto and Milwaukee. And these higher seeds which includes the Lakers and Clippers as well, now have a disadvantage. And there is no real incentive to playing well in the regular season other than prolonging your matchups, which is something that's inevitable anyway. So it's an interesting dynamic when you consider no home court. We're seeing that now. Raptors down 0-2. This would never have happened if the Raptors had home court, I'll be honest. The Raptors would not go to Boston down two. That's not going to happen. It would be 1-1. The Raptors would have that energy. They would have won game two, I think. I don't know, actually. Things are totally different. Raptors would have taken one of those games, though, I think. So that's another thing to consider. And now the Raptors, they don't have a disadvantage in game three. They're not going to Boston. They have another chance, though, um, to take this team and get the win. But, yeah, we'll see what happens with that Milwaukee-Miami series. That's a fun one as well in the East. A little less stressful watching than the Raptors. I feel like the whistle's a little more loose in those games. But when you watch the Raptors, it just felt like a lot of... There's a lot of pain when I watched that game. That game, too, was painful to watch at points. So thanks again for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Um, As always, I'll talk to you very soon.